0: This time each and every Friday morning, every Erev Shabbos, with great pleasure we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, Spiritual Leader of Congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Emor. Parshas Emor, according to the Chinuch, contains 63 mitzvos. Wow. 24 positive mitzvot and 39 thou shalt not 39 negative mitzvot you have in parshas emor the laws referring to the kohanim that even though today we are all ritually impure still the kohanim today observe the opening laws of this week's parsha that a kohanim is not to come into contact or be under the same roof as a dead body is not to go to a funeral is not to go to a cemetery except for the seven blood relatives that the Torah identifies and you have the further restrictions of the Kohen that he is not to marry a divorcee He's not to marry a convert. Interesting, the Torah tells us, Viki dash to, you are to literally crown the Kohen with sanctity, with Kedusha, and more Kedusha, more restrictions. Shabbos is holier than Yom Tov. Shabbos has more restrictions then Yom Tov, Shabbos you cannot cook, on Yom Tov you can. You have in this week's Parsha the Parsha of the Moados that we read on the second day of Pesach, and you have in this week's Parsha the Mitzvah number 302, which is the Mitzvah of bringing the Omer. We are in the period known as the Omer. This period began on the second day of Pesach when we brought, when we had a base hamigdosh, the Korban Omer. Hence this period of time between Pesach And Shavuos is called the period of the Omer. The Omer itself is a measure, a dry measure. We find the term first used in the Torah at the end of Parshas B'Shalach, where the Torah tells us that God rained down daily the the manna to sustain the Jewish nation in the desert. And it came down, Omer la Goles, a measure of man per person. Now, the Torah tells us that on the second day of Pesach, we are to take a measure, an Omer's worth of barley, and bring that as an offering in the base of Mingdash. Thanking Hashem for the new grain and crops that have grown in the spring. Barley ripens before the wheat. And therefore, we bring the Korban Omer on the second day of Pesach of barley, thanking Hashem for the new crops. And interestingly, in this parsha, we have as well the special offering that is brought on Shavuos, which is the Shtay Halechem, the two loaves. And this is made out of wheat. Why? Because on Shavuos we initiate the usage of the new grain of wheat for offerings in meal offerings in the Beis HaMikdash. Now, the Ramban and others point out that something very interesting. There is a transition going on between the second day of Pesach, when we brought an offering of barley and seven weeks later, on Shavuos, when we bring an offering of wheat, and that is as follows. Barley is considered ma'achal behema. If a farmer has both wheat and barley, he will use the wheat to nourish his family. That's ma'achal adam. And he will use his barley to nourish the animals because that is ma'achal behema. Therefore, teach the commentaries that we start on the second day of Pesach with barley, symbolizing that when we left Egypt, we were on the level of animals. Hence, the carbon that's brought is that of barley, food four animals. We graduate seven weeks later on Shavuos when we receive the Torah to ma'achal adam, literally to the status of man and hence the food of man is represented by the carbon of wheat on that day. The transition between the two between the barley and the wheat is happening in the 306th mitzvah, which is that of counting the Omer that we are in the process right now. I'd like to take this idea and carry it one step beyond. And that is as follows. The Mishnah teaches us in the first chapter of Kalim, it's the sixth Mishnah, and the Mishnah teaches Eser Kedushos O'Sein. There are ten levels of sanctity, of holiness. And the first one that's listed is Eretz Yisrael, the land of Israel, Mikudeshes Mikola Arotsos, is literally holier, from all other lands. Now, Umahi Kiddushasa, the Mishnah asks, and what attributes, and what is symptomatic of its holiness? So if I were to ask anybody, I would imagine most would say, wait a second, are there not so many mitzvahs what we call Tuluyos pa'aretz, which are dependent on the land of Israel, such as truma, ma'aser, shmita, yovel, leket, shikha, peya, all the agricultural laws which apply to the land of Israel and don't apply outside the land of Israel. Interestingly, these laws which applied throughout which i just enumerated these laws the mishnah does not list what does the mishnah yes list the mishnah says Shemavimi menor omer what is special about eretz yisrael is because we bring from it the land of israel and only from the land of israel the omer the barley Which we bring on the second day of Pesach, which we spoke about prior, has to be grown in the land of Israel, Ushte Alechem, as well as these two loaves, which are brought on Shavuos from the wheat which grew in Eretz Yisrael. And the Mishnah concludes, Masha'imavin Kain Mikolo Aratsos, which you cannot bring these grain and these mincha from barley, or wheat which grew outside of the land of Israel. Why does the Mishnah focus on these two? From a halachic perspective, Rav Salvechik explained that this Mishnah which introduces ten levels of sanctity. It's really ten levels of sanctity related to the Beis Hamikdash, and the Mishnah is telling us that the Beis Hamikdash could only be built in Eretz Yisrael, and therefore it has the first level of sanctity, and hence the Mishnah brings two components, namely the Omer and Shtehalechem, that apply and are brought specifically to the Mikdash. But I'd like to suggest perhaps another basic reason for the Mishnah enumerating the Omer and Stehalechem, And that is as follows. There is something about the nature of Kedusha, of sanctity, that by its nature it is mispashet, It is something which literally spreads and literally overflows, impacts beyond itself. So, for example, when we were privileged to have a Beis Amigdash, if somebody were to say, and this is found in Rashi at the end of Pasha's kosai, if somebody were to say, I hereby sanctify, designate the leg of this animal, that it should be a korban, so the halacha says that the Kedusha is pashte Kedusha Bekulei the kedusha emanates and spreads from the leg of the animal to its entirety kedusha is something which spreads the orachayama kadosh says so beautifully that the sanctity of Shabbos spreads and generates and energizes the forthcoming week that follows Shabbos. We find that when Rashi tells us that when Yitzchak brings Rivka, HaOelah, Sara'imo, to the tent, which was his mother, and the characteristics of the mother, of sorrow, were restored. Now that Rivka came in, once again, you have the idea of Anan. You have the cloud. You have the sanctity. God's presence, which is there, is felt throughout and emanates. Kedusha spreads. And so, what do we find, interestingly, in the Beis Migdash, where the Torah tells us, regarding the Beis Migdash that Shlomo built. So in the first book of Kings we find in chapter six verse four that he made Shlomo Melech windows that were Shkufim Atumim. And what does that mean? They were broad on the outside and narrow on the inside. Just the opposite as to how you and I would have windows in our homes. For our purposes, windows in our homes is to bring the light from the outside in. But here, Shlomo was teaching the world that literally the sanctity of the Kedusha of the Beis HaMikdash, is to generate outside the Beis HaMikdash. And so the Mishnah is teaching us that what is the significance of Eretz Yisrael? You bring from Eretz Yisrael the Omer and the Shteya as we said, that this represents going from The status of animal to becoming the status of man. How so? The land itself contributes to it. The sanctity of Eretz Yisrael assists the Jew in his character development. Eretz Yisrael itself has feelings the torah teaches at the end of parshas matos that you are not to take a literally a not just a a bribe no that would not be the right word it would be that if a person is a murderer and the person murderer says look here allow me to redeem myself with money and I will contribute and give money to the community and you can build a hospital, etc. And what does the Torah say? Don't even think of it. The Torah says that you are not to literally pollute the land. You are not to cause the land to become literally defiled. And this is at the end of Parshas masseh at the end of chapter 35, literally, you are not to literally bring guilt upon the land, meaning that the land has feelings and the land cannot tolerate injustice. At the end of Parshas Mos, the land cannot tolerate immorality and. At the end of Parshas Ekev, the Torah tells us... That, Tell me about the land of Israel. The beautiful verse in chapter 11 in the 5th book of the Torah. Verse 12, the land... Literally, the land that Hashem, your God, Himself seeks out. Constantly are the eyes of Hashem on it. From the beginning of the year to the year's end. Now wait a second, asks Rashi. Does not God... Show concern for the entire world? Is it only for the land of Israel? And Rashi says so powerfully. He starts with, and through his extending blessing to the land of Israel, it is extended to the rest of the world. And it's for that reason that when you have a tuna sandwich for lunch, so you Recite the Berkaz HaMazon. The first paragraph, you say, Thank you, Hashem, for nourishing me. Hazones HaKol. That makes sense. The second paragraph, Why do we speak about our loyalty to Eretz Yisrael? And the answer is because we recognize that the sustenance that we have comes from Eretz Yisrael. If this is true regarding our physical sustenance, it's all the more so true regarding our spiritual sustenance. And therefore, in this time of the Omer, when we are looking to perfect our character and go from that level of animal to the graduate, to the, enum, to the level of man, we recognize how proudly... Eretz Yisrael positively influences us, brings us closer to God, with His literally showering His blessing upon it, upon its people, and through it upon us as well. What a beautiful message that emanates from our Holy Land. Shabbat Shalom to all.